Good morning, East Ridge. Glad you're here today. And we are in week two of the series called Go, where we are talking about going and we're talking about funding uh, our missions, being part of uh, going globally, going locally, but also funding locally and globally our missions uh, for the year. And uh, last week I talked about the whole point of the series is that you would do two things. One, you would go two, you would give. And I will talk about that at the end. And uh, I know you're here today. And Stephanie said you're winning. And, and, and I'm not sure in a moment that you're going to think that you are when I tell you this, I'm going to push today. I'm going to push hard. I'm going to push right up to the edge where you're mad at me. I'm serious. Some of you are like, it's already happened. Okay. 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 To where you're mad at me, where you're uncomfortable. I'm going to push. I forgot to tell first service that, and uh, I don't know that I dropped a bomb on them, but I did call them lazy. Um, but anyway, so it, it, got, it got rough. I'm going to go all the way to the edge. I'm telling you up front, if you're a guest today, um, know my heart. Here it is. We're talking about going. We're talking about going to the world. This was Jesus' call that, man, we would, you and I would go. That... God loves people so much that he would send us. That's why you and I are here. We're here today so that we can reach others for Jesus Christ. And that's not the only reason why we're here, but it is a major reason why we are all still here, why Christ has not come back yet. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, listen, that, that is for you. That you he, he, is, he is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to receive the gift of his son. But we're also talking about giving that... Uh, we want to give away money for local and global missions. This is not money for Eastridge. I'm going to ask you to give above and beyond your regular giving. You're going to think it's crazy. Above and beyond your regular giving is what we're asking, uh, that you and I would give sacrificially, generously. And like, I'm going to push. I'm going to push all the way to the edge. So hang with me. Push all the way to the edge. And so we're going to talk about going. Going always involves two things. It involves going here locally and going uh, globally. Now, in 2010, uh, American Express came up with a, it's not really a holiday, but they came with a day on our calendar. And this day on our calendar is uh, sandwiched in between uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Does anybody know what that day is? Small Business Saturday. Small Business Saturday. That you are challenged to go shop locally to take care of your community, to shop in your community. This is, this is by American, American Express in 2010. So it's only been around 13 years. Well, for 2000 years, 2000 plus years, Jesus has been calling us to care about our community, to go here, to go here in our community, to go locally. As a matter of fact, in the scriptures in Acts 1-8, Jesus is about to go up into heaven. He's got his, his apostles right there and he's about to go and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, 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 locally and globally, but it's going to start locally in Jerusalem. He's going to start where we're at right now and then it's going to spread. So Jesus' call has always been that you and I would go locally to our friends, our families, our neighbors, that uh, our, our loved ones, ball fields, schools, uh, workplaces, that you and I would just simply go. And so that's what we're going to talk about today and talk about what does that look like when you 
you and I go to our community. What does that look like? And there's a story in Acts 9. It's one of my favorite stories. It's one of those stories that when you read, uh, I've not heard a whole lot of sermons on it, uh, but I love the story. I love the message behind it. It's a story where God calls an ordinary guy to go locally. He just says, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to go locally. I want you to go and reach someone in your town. Go do this. And that's the story today, the story of Ananias. And so going here means loving my neighbor where they are. Going here means loving my neighbor where they are. Now, you're going to hear this story where God speaks with great clarity to a guy named Ananias. And he's going to tell Ananias to go do something. He's going to speak with great clarity. You're going to, you're, it's unbelievable the clarity that God gives him. And he's going to go tell him to go do something. But here's the funny thing about when God speaks to us. A lot of times when God speaks to us, it's kind of like my, uh, my grandson Carter. My grandson Carter, I'm not, you know, grandparents all think their grandkids are super smart. If you think that, that's great. I think that too. I'm, Carter's not him too yet, but I think he's really smart because he has implemented this, this strategy that is brilliant. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. For a kid that's almost two years old, it is unbelievable. Because this is what will happen. And we laugh about it all the time. This is what will happen. Carter will be doing something. Now, I don't get on Carter unless he's going to get hurt. I don't care what he eats. I could care less. So it doesn't matter to me. Whatever you want to do. So, but if he's climbing on something like this, he's climbing on like, Carter, Carter, don't do that. You're going to fall and get hurt. This is what Carter does. Eh? 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 And he just keeps doing whatever he's going to do. And he says, he says that, Carter, don't eat that. Eh? <laughs> Carter, Carter, be careful. Eh? Carter, stop hitting your sister. Eh? Eh? As a matter of fact, this strategy is so brilliant. I'm using it with Leslie. <laughs> I'm serious. She says, hey, we need somebody to go to the store. I'm like, eh? Hey, we need to take out the trash. Eh? <laughs> Honey, I need some money. Eh? <laughs> and you're going to hear the story of God speaking with great clarity to Ananias. But Ananias is just like us. He goes, eh? Huh? What? Huh? As a matter of fact, when I read the scriptures, when I read the Old Testament, most of the time, and I'm sorry, a lot of times, when God spoke to people, that's the answer they gave back. That God, and they had legitimate reasons, but they, 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 they would, they would answer back. That God went to Abraham and says, you're going to be the father of many nations. Abraham goes, eh, I don't have any kids yet, eh? That he goes to Moses and says, hey, you're going to lead my people. You're going to, my people have been in bondage for hundreds of years. You are going to lead them to freedom. You're going to go before Pharaoh. Moses goes, eh, I can't even talk. I stutter. We did two stories at the beginning of the year. Gideon, God comes to Gideon. Angel goes to Gideon. says, mighty warrior. Gideon goes, eh, I don't, that's not me. I don't fight people. Eh? He goes to Esther and says, hey, you're going to have to go before the king. And Esther goes, eh, if I go before the king, I might die. Just like us, a lot of times, we read the people in the scripture, their answers are just like us. They, they respond just like us because they are just like us. In this story, God's going to tell Ananias to go 
to Paul, who is in the story is called Saul. He's called Saul before Christ, Paul after Christ. This happens in, in the Bible a lot of times that when, when you had an encounter with God, your name changed. This is what happened. So I'm going to call him Paul today because it gets real confusing when I have to go back and forth. If you see Saul, I'm talking about Paul. Let me tell you about Paul. Paul persecuted the church. He hated Jesus, hated the church. He had Christ followers thrown in jail. He, he watched as they were killed and gave approval. And God is going to send Ananias to Paul because Paul has an encounter with Jesus Christ that God in his great mystery, God uses people the same way his mystery of using us. We were like, why would God ever use me? God's going to use Paul. He's going to take the greatest persecutor of the church at that time. And he's going to make him a follower of Jesus Christ. He's going to take him from being a persecutor of the church to the starter of many churches, churches that would last 2000 years that we're part of churches for people who aren't Jewish like us, that this would happen, that God had this plan. They had this plan that I'm going to use this guy. This guy's going to write letters in the new Testament. And I'm going to use this guy who's who everybody thinks is the greatest persecutor of the church. I'm going to use him because I'm God. And that's what I do. And he calls Ananias to go to him with great clarity. So let's pick up the story. It says, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord. Now listen to this clarity. It doesn't get any clearer than this, y'all. He replied, the Lord said, go over to Straight Street, which is in Porterdale, <laughs> to the house of Judas. And when you get there, Asked for a man from Tarsus, and there weren't many from Tarsus there. He is praying to me right now. And I've shown him in a vision. A man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can see again. That God, with great clarity, calls Ananias. He says, hey, you go to Straight Street? You go to the house of Judas? There's a guy from Tarsus there. You go, and he's praying right now. I want to I I stop and talk about this for a second. I believe God speaks to you like that. I believe he speaks to me like that. I believe we see people in certain situations that we see needs, that, man, we, we're moved. We have moments, man, we are moved. We see something, we're like, that's not right. I, I need to do something about this. And God's going, you need to go. You need to go. I'm calling you. Or, man, maybe you're, you've been praying about something, and God's calling you. He said, hey, you need to go with great clarity. That he tells you that you feel in your spirit, man, I need to do something. I need to go or I need to give. I need to do something here. That we have these moments in our life and it's the Holy Spirit working. And we, a lot of times we just simply answer and we go, eh, eh, I don't know. And it says that Paul's praying. Now let me ask you this question. Do you remember a time in your life where you were praying about something? I'm talking about, look, I'm talking about praying. I'm not talking about some haphazard and those work too. Don't get me wrong. Haphazard prayer where you're going down the road and you got a million things going on. I pray those prayers. I'm talking about a prayer where like you're on your knees. I'm talking about prayer, man. You, you are tears. And you're like, God, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing here. Man, I need you. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Look, I've prayed prayers like that. 
And in those moments, listen to me, sometimes God answers those supernaturally. Sometimes he does. He answers them supernaturally. But almost always, you know how God answers those prayers? He sends somebody. He sends somebody to you. That you'll pray a prayer like that, you'll pray a prayer like that, and here's what'll happen. You'll be at work and somehow say, Man, are you okay? I've been praying for you. Or somebody will invite you to church. Hey, you know what? You ought to go over here to East Ridge, or, or you ought to go over to Stewart, or you, or you ought to go over to Red Oak. You, ought, you know what? Come to church with me. They'll do those things, they'll say things. Or you may, you need to come to celebrate recovery, man. You need help. I want to help you. That God will send somebody. Because God is always calling us to go to people to help our neighbor wherever they are and whatever is going on in their life. And you think, well, who's my neighbor? Jesus said, anybody who has a need is your neighbor. Anybody who has a need, in Luke 10, Jesus says, anybody who has a need that you've become aware of, that's your neighbor. Help them. And so going... It means loving people where they are, but going also means getting rid of my excuses. Now, we're good at making excuses. We are. We're good at it. You probably wouldn't admit it. I don't like to admit it. But we make excuses. God speaks to us with great clarity, and we think, well, he couldn't be talking to me. We think, I'm busy. You ever said that? I'm busy. That's kind of like the, the term of the day to get us out of whatever we don't want to do. Well, I'm busy. I'm pushing. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not gifted. I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. I'm not rich. You couldn't be asking me to give above me. I'm my regular giving because I'm not rich. I don't have resources. We have, we have all these excuses. I'm scared. This week, uh, one of my insecurities is I don't like to look stupid. I'll just share it with you. Does anybody like to look stupid? I don't like it. I do it good. I'm good at it, y'all. Really. Ask my wife. I'm really good at it. And so this week, I was thinking about Easter. And I came to this realization that we can't just do two services for Easter. We have to do three. It doesn't look like it today, but... We've been trending up, and it's, we've, more and more people are coming, which is great. It's a great problem to have. And so in the past, we've done Easter services at 8 in the morning, 9.30, and 11. We just added an 8 o'clock service. When I was meeting with our staff, I said, it really doesn't help us. The 8 o'clock service really doesn't help us because the only people who come are the people who are volunteering because nobody really wants to go to Easter service at 8 o'clock in the morning. They don't. It's not really a, a, an, a, an opportune time for people who have young children. It's not. Let's get up early and go. To, it's not. And so I met with the staff this week, and, and we talked about that we're going to do a Saturday night service. We're going we're to do April the 8th, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, and I'm going to convince some of you guys to show up and bring your friends. And I felt really good about that that day. I felt good. I felt good. About it. I had to make a decision that day. Felt good about it. Slept on it. Woke up the next morning. I was like, whoa. thought, they're going to think you're stupid, Gary. Gary, they're going to think you're stupid. You know what I thought? I'm going to tell them it's Cam's idea. <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'll just blame it on Cam. That's what staff's for. 
But so many times, listen, we just got these excuses. And excuses give us permission to stay right where we are. And God wants you to move. He wants me to move. He wants us to go. Now, Ananias had some really good excuses. Said, Look, his excuses are great. Look, I, when I tell you, like, like they are legit. Like I, I read the scriptures and I'm like, I could go there with this guy and I, would, I could validate every excuse he makes. Look at the scriptures right here. He says, but Lord, you'd think Ananias would be super excited that, hey, God's called him to this mission, that he spoke to him. A lot of times we'd say this, if God would come in a cloud and he'd speak to me, then I would do it. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd be just like us. But Because uh, we don't want to do some things, even when God tells us to do them. We don't want to do them. And so we make excuses. We go, eh? He says, but Lord, Ananias, and he's got some legit excuses. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. He's killed people who follow Jesus. God, hey God, I don't know if you realize that, that guy kills people who follow you. And then he says, and he's authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. And not only that, if he doesn't kill me, God, I don't know if you noticed about that guy, Saul, Paul, whatever you want to call him. He has people that follow you thrown in prison. And he's thinking, oh, mic drop right here. I got you. I'm not going. And I want you to read the next word right there. What is that word? The Lord said, he says, go. He says, go. He doesn't say go when you feel like you got courage go when you feel like you know enough, go when you feel like you're qualified, go when you feel like you're gifted enough, go when you feel like you have enough resources. He simply says that you and I are to go. We're to go. That's what we do. We go because that's what God does. He came. He came to us that God is a God of going and he's calling us to go and we've got to stop making excuses. We got to stop saying I'm busy or all these things when the truth is it's all a smoke screen. It's all a smoke screen. And here's the part where I'm going to push you to the edge. It's all a smoke screen. And here's the smoke screen. I don't want to do what the Lord wants me to do. I'd run my own life. That's the smoke screen. And we got all these excuses. Well, I'd give if I had more resources. I'd give, I'd give if I really agreed. I'd go if, it, if this happened. I'd go if the moon lined up and the stars and everything. No, the truth is, is that we don't want to do it because we don't want to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and go where he calls us to go. That's the truth. And that's the edge that I'm going to push you to. But I'm going to ask you, what if? What if? Because going here means seeing God do amazing things and beyond. Last week I told you, you, know, you have no idea the power of your life. The power of your life when God's working in your life. The power of your life when you go. You have no idea what God wants to do. He wants to do amazing things. things see, we just sang this song. We sang this song, I, I, even when I don't feel you, you're moving. Even I don't see you're moving. We sing those, but I don't know if we really believe it. Because God's calling us to do those things even when we don't see it or feel it. He's saying, hey, I'm doing I'm working. And he's calling us to believe that, man, he is wanting to do amazing things. 
Ananias had no idea when he went in that moment what God was going to do in the life of Saul. He just knew that God had called him to go there, and he was going to go. I said I was going to call him Paul, and I've called him Saul twice. I want you to look at the scripture here, and I'm going to make some points. So Ananias went. Man, what if that was your name there? So Gary went. Pete went. Mike went. Roe went. Leslie went. Suzanne went. What if, what if, what if, we, what if that was just the, the, the name? Man, just, just they went. They did what God said to do and found Saul. And he lays his hands on him. And he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me. Man, can you imagine that moment in Paul's life? My gosh, this prayer thing actually works. I'm praying and God is sending me people. The same thing happens in our lives, that God sends us. Man, we go and we ask and we pray and we, we, we invite and, we, and we're there. And God works and he does things we, we can't even imagine. He sent me that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell off Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. And then he got up and he was baptized. And afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Now, I've broken this down. I want you to see that, that if we could go to those five things, Chad. God uses Ananias to help and minister to Paul. He lays his hands on him. And sometimes when people are hurting, they just simply need an embrace. They need physical touch. God sends you and I to do that. We go into the messes of people and we just simply embrace them, love them, touch them, fist bump, shake hands, hug, whatever it is. He calls him brother. He affirms him. Paul has had people killed for following Jesus Christ. And Ananias says, you're my brother. That is the message of the gospel. That no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, if you accept Jesus Christ, you are my brother, you are my sister, you are validated. Man, that is a powerful moment. He informs Paul that God has answered his prayer. Man, what a powerful moment. Man, my prayers have been answered. God hears me. The God of the universe hears me praying. And he affirms Paul. He encourages Paul by telling him he has been healed and he's receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gets encouragement, healing, hope. And then finally, he's baptized. And I don't know if Ananias baptized him or if he was just present, but Paul is converted and becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And Ananias, he goes without any idea of the great things that Paul's going to do. When we thought about this year, we've, we've been pushing go. We've been pushing this. It's an area that we feel like, man, we have got to go more, that Christ has called us, to, that, that that's, that's who we want to be. And we want to go locally. And one of the newest missions that we have um, taken on as a church at Eastridge Church is Repairs of the Breach. We've been meeting and talking about the issue of homelessness. When talking about it, meeting with people, and repairs of the breach and their ministry of homelessness has come up. And, and so we have taken them on as one of the missions that we support. And I want to watch this video, learning a little bit about repairs of the breach. Watch this with me. Repairs of the Breach was started in 1991 by three couples who were already doing prison ministry. 
and they started uh, repairs of the Rich Thrift Store as a way to fund their ministry. And um, it's kind of evolved to us helping the homeless. Our mission has kind of focused on homelessness and helping the homeless because the problem uh, continues to grow in our area. So we provide meals seven nights a week now. Um, and it is a group of churches who we've organized that want to help serve meals to the homeless. Um, what that consists of, what that looks like, is preparing the meal off-site, bringing it and serving it. And it can be something as simple as soup and sandwich, or it can be um, fried chicken, sides, and dessert. It can be whatever your budget allows. In addition to the meals, we also have the showers open five days a week. We have plans in the near future to remodel the showers. Um, it's going to be taking place probably next month and uh, make it more accessible to where um, the bathroom can be used while the shower is being used. And we'll have also have a washer and dryer where we can wash the towels on site. We've recently added the laundry ministry to the shower services for uh, the individuals uh, taking advantage of the showers. And what that consists of is a group of people meeting them at the laundromat and they pay for the laundry. The individuals do their laundry themselves. And that gives them a, a sense of responsibility um, that they are doing something for their self. Most of the people that we're dealing with find themselves to be homeless because of severe mental health issues. I find that's the number one um, issue. And then some of them with severe mental health issues also have drug addictions and alcohol addictions um, as well. Some of them have both. You know, some of them may have one or the other. Um, and their family has uh, cut all ties with them, even, you know, and they just say they're not welcome here. And and I, I'm not, they're, I'm not saying the homeless are innocent. I'm not saying this; these people are innocent. Um, I'm saying that um, they're still people and they need other people to show them the love of God and show them that someone does care because we have, in the past few months, several have attempted suicide um, or spoke of wanting to commit suicide. I know the Bible says we'll always have the poor with us. And um, so we know that what we're doing is the right thing by providing them with meals, food, uh, clothing, uh, providing them with uh, support in, in ways that we can. A few ways people could get involved is serving a meal. They can volunteer to work in the thrift store or they can volunteer to work in the service side to be like a kitchen shower monitor. Or they could volunteer a group of people to come and serve a meal. You know, they could organize a group of people to come together and serve a meal or a group of people to come and volunteer. We have youth groups come and say they're gonna volunteer one Saturday every quarter. You know, it doesn't have to be weekly. It can be on whatever schedule they're available.
Tanya said something in that video. She said, they are people who need people to tell them about God. Now, you've got a little card here. We've, we've, we've loaded your seats up with a bunch of stuff to irritate you. Anyway, so, if you take your, your camera right here, it's going to list you a drop-down. I mean, you can click on, and it's going to list all the local and global ministries we support. Repairs of the Breach being one, uh, Salvation Army, uh, the pregnancy centers where uh, we are trying to help um, mothers who are pregnant to, to keep their kids. Uh, there's uh, food ministry, uh, willing helpers. Uh, they're listed there. Listen, every one of those ministries serve people that we get to tell that they matter to God, that we care about them. And so when we talk about giving above and beyond the missions, we're going to give all that money to those missions. None of that money uh, that, we're at, that I'm asking you, that we're asking to give above and beyond a regular giving. And, and then I'm going to say this here too, because I said at first service, I'm not asking you to do anything I'm not going to do. Leslie and I are giving above and beyond. We're not taking money away from our tithe that we give to the church uh, and to, to give to missions. We are going to give generously. We're going to give sacrificially. We've got some money. We've been saving up for something. We're going we're to give it to missions. I'm not saying this to brag about myself. I want you to know. I would never ask you to do something that I'm not going to do. All that money that we're asking to put in the buckets out in the atrium, all that money that goes in the buckets this Sunday, next Sunday, it's going to be given away. We're not keeping, we won't keep a dime of it. Not one dime. It'll all be given away so that we can reach unborn babies, so that we can help the homeless, so we can help those who are poor, so that we can help out the Salvation Army, so that we can, we can help feed people. Because Jesus calls us to go. Well, the second thing I want to bring up, and I, I know my time is, is brief, is that we thought about our local initiatives, you know, we, the poor, and, the, and this year we talked about going, and, and, but the second one was to the schools. You got this card in your seat, another, another card. You got another card in your seat where we're going to Herd Mixon on April the 14th. Our staff is going. And we're asking you to go with us. We're going to serve Herd Mixon Elementary School. We are one of their partners in education. They have this event, Spring Fling, where they are trying to raise money for their reading program. And so we're going to go, and they got this carnival. We're going to serve the carnival so that they can be present with their families. They can be present with their children, and they won't have to do these things. And hopefully, they will be able to meet their needs financially for the reading program they have. But here's, here's people, somebody said, why are, why are we doing this? Here's why we're doing this. We'll get the opportunity in this one day to serve over 500 people in our community. And they're going to know we're there for one reason, because we're a church, because we love Jesus Christ. Well, that's, all, that's, all they're, that's all they're going to know, that we're just there to serve them. And man, here's my point. We have no idea the impact of when we do things like that, when we go and serve the homeless, when we go and serve the poor, when we go to the food pantry, when we go to the schools, we have no idea. We have no idea. And I'm going I'm to share you a couple of stories. God uses us when we go. We have no idea. I've told you my story. I didn't grow up in the church. I was invited to church by my friend. His name was Wes, and his parents took me to church. 
Now, when they took me to church, they had no idea I was going in the ministry. They didn't, they didn't coach me to go in the ministry. Like my parents didn't. This is just all something that happened later in, when I was in high school. But I went into the ministry. I got called. Listen, Gracie and Willie invited me to go to church when I was young because I was friends with their son, Wes. I'm in the ministry. My brother's a pastor because of Gracie and Willie. They invited another friend of mine who was my roommate in college. His name was Marvin. He was in the ministry. He's an elder in the church now. I invited one of my friends to start going to church to accept Jesus Christ. He's a pastor now. So this one family, this one family who threw one invite on the ball field, they have four people who have been pastors. They have no idea the impact of what they did on that day and through those years. They have no idea. Listen, I say the same thing. You have no idea. When you go, you have no idea. Ananias had no idea that Paul was going to start churches that were going to last 2,000 years later that you would be a part of. Had no idea. Had no, he couldn't even imagine it. And the scripture says we have a God who's able to do more than we ask or imagine. What if you and I were to go? Listen to me. Here, what if you, we were just to shove every, all our excuses and put them behind us and said, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to go. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I've got resources. I don't, I don't feel like I've got, but I'm going to go. Whatever God calls me, I'm going to go. I, this is the message, the first message of the year I gave it to you. I said, go wherever God leads you. Wherever that takes you, you go. Wherever it goes, take, follow him and watch him work. Watch him move in your life. Watch him do things. Look, you know what's funny? Like I didn't tell first service this bunch of, did you see this week the Silicon Valley bank crashed? Did you see that? And say, I, 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 I guarantee a bunch of you are thinking, boy, I might need to go to the bank on Monday. Has anybody been thinking that? I'm going to pull out a little bit of cash for me. Some of you are like, no, I wasn't thinking that. Well, I am. You know why I bring that up? We put our resources and our time into things we think are going to matter. Listen to me. In a moment's notice, they could be gone. Why don't you start investing in eternity? Why don't you and I invest in eternity and go here? Go here. Go local. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Wherever that goes, wherever that leads, with your time, with your resources. I'm praying that you do. I want to pray for you now. Father. I thank you that you're a God who goes. That when we were dead in our sins and transgressions, you didn't stay there. You sent Jesus for us. And you're calling us to go. You're calling us to go serve. You're calling us to go give. You're calling us to sacrifice. You're calling us to use time and our resources for your glory. God, I pray that we would just think, man, what if? What, what could you do in our lives if we would let you? If we stayed focused on your kingdom. Lord, I pray we do. I pray we've got a bunch of stories to tell at the end of this year of how we went and we saw you work and lives were changed and people were saved and, and addictions were broken and marriages were put back together. Lord, I just pray we have those stories. But those stories don't happen unless we go. So God, help us to go. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.